0: You're listening to Real Estate Real Fast. Each episode, we discuss all things real estate, whether that's strategies for investors, ways the average homeowner can maximize profits when selling their home, or understanding market trends and more. Real Estate Real Fast is brought to you by Listing Spark, automated software that takes you through the complete home selling process and sells your home faster, safer, and at a fraction of the cost. All right, everybody, we're live. Thanks for joining us on episode three of Real Estate Real Fast. I'm your host, Aaron Gistel. Uh, I'm the broker, one of the co founders here at Listing Spark. And so, for those of you that don't know us, Listing Spark is a technology driven real estate company. We help home sellers all over the state of Texas sell their homes quickly, safely, securely, and, and save a ton of money in the process while doing it. I'm super excited today about our, our guest. Uh, I've got Clayton Bailey joining us. He's one of the owners of Green Scene. Uh, Home inspections and um, Clayton and his company have inspected uh, probably dozens, if not more, of our listings, and has always done a phenomenal job. And I've been really wanting to get a, an inspector on the uh, on the podcast because I just think it's such an integral part. It essentially happens in over ninety percent of real estate deals that are happening, and there's a lot of uh, there can be a lot of com- uh, confusion and miscommunication about what goes on with home inspections and. Why they're so valuable. So I'm super excited to have you. So I wanted to first pass it over to you, Clayton. Tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Aaron. I appreciate it. So, uh, Clayton Bailey, Green Scene Home Inspections. I, I'm wearing the alarmist inspector jacket because that's what everybody thinks we are, is that we're just alarmist inspectors. So uh, I always, when I do marketing events or podcasts or whatever, I always wear some sort of crazy outfit because it's kind of true. You know, we're, we don't mean to be alarmist, but everybody thinks that we're alarmist. But uh, third generation inspector, we're coming up uh, almost 10,000 houses that we've done as a company uh, in the 14, 15 years that we've been in business. We've got um, 13 inspectors spread throughout Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, San Antonio. Um, We do a fair amount of houses a month. Uh, and absolutely love it. I also teach for American home inspector training. So I teach for a national home inspection school that teaches home inspectors. And then I also teach CE classes to real estate agents as well. So they have to have that state continuing education to maintain their license. So I travel quite a bit across the state of Texas, going to different places to train home inspectors. Uh, but I am here in the DFW area. So down for whatever.
0: <laughs> awesome. awesome. One of the big reasons I, w- I was excited to bring you on because I know you and your company are huge on education and doing courses for realtors, for buyers and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's hugely important. I think, you know, a really, really good inspector can take what's uh, can be a terrifying document that they get that's, you know, 30, 40 pages long and uh, makes it look like the house is actually going to fall down and, and actually break that out and look at it and coach them on kind of what, what is really worth being worked up about or what's worth negotiating. And so the education component is uh, is extremely important. So kind of rolling straight into a couple questions that we had. So uh, just in a nutshell, explain the value of a home inspection to a buyer that's purchasing a home or a seller who might be considering doing a pre-inspection before they hit the market. Uh, just a little bit.
1: Talk yeah. Absolutely. So, um, you know, typically we get contacted right after the contract is executed and that they say, "Hey, you're, you know, we're in our option period and you got to go." So, we we're usually the first ones to get in um and and the The benefits of having that first is so that if we find something going on in plumbing or electrical or HVAC or uh, whatever it is, then you've got time to get those people in there to look at that. Um, It's funny, like, you know, you and I were talking earlier before the show about this market and that, you know, the market is changing and and it's a good thing. It's It's a kind of correcting itself, as you said. And it's important that people, you know, for the past three or four years, they're getting inspections done and they just tell me the big stuff. I just want to know the big stuff. I don't need to know all the little stuff. You know, we, we paid way over asking and we waived the appraisal and we just need to know, is there anything big that's happening? Well, now the market is starting to shift and people are starting to pay attention to those home inspection reports. And, you know, it's one of those things where we're going in to look at a house in a snapshot of time where we're turning on everything that could possibly be turned on uh, we're running all the appliances running the ac as low as we can get it running the heat uh, you know really hot we're getting on the roof we're going under the house checking all the outlets we're really turning everything on all at the same time to try to see if there's a, any weak spots or if there's anything that's broken or, or that's going on um and then so that way that buyer knows hey here's what's going on with this house it was it's been a it's been not maintained very well or the owners have lived here and they've upgraded some things so it's just Kind of to see that through a different uh, set of set of eyes. Same thing for sellers. If you're a seller, uh, maybe you've lived in your house for 12 plus years. It's not a bad idea to get that inspection done just because we're going to come in with fresh eyes and see things maybe that you haven't seen and kind of help you uh, get down that process of what are the top things that you need to fix and look at.
0: Sure. Yeah, we, we talk to a lot of sellers who um, will tell us, oh, you know, everything's gonna be fine. The inspector, he can go ahead and inspect, but he's not gonna find anything. And, and we have to tell him, he's gonna find something. I mean, they're going to find something. It's meant to be that way. I mean, so some other things that people may not know is to be a home inspector, you actually have to be licensed. There's pretty rigorous education that you have to go through. Um, the inspection forms themselves are are promulgated, meaning you have this list of things that you have to look at in the home. And it is virtually impossible, even for new inspections or new home construction to come out without anything on an inspection report. So I I have to constantly remind our sellers, they're going to find something. Now, whether or not the buyer asks you to repair anything or give you a credit, that, that may be a different story. But you can't take it personal. You can't get offended. They're not, no, nobody's going out there just trying to tear apart your house or or bring any negative energy to the deal. Um, this is a license that they have to keep. They are regulated. There are things that, that have to be done, and uh, we have to treat this more like it's a business transaction and not not take it so personally. And so, uh, what I did want to get out out of this for any of uh, our sellers or hopefully future sellers that might be listening. What are what would you say are the most big ticket items that a home seller should be looking at before their home gets inspected or what are some things that they can do to when you show up and you do the report at the end of it you might go to the buyer man this is a seller that's been really taking care of their house this is a good sign for you
1: I'll I'll point out like one of the ultimate examples of a, of a house that I had that I walked through the door, uh, beautiful house, probably uh, 3,800 square feet, slab house from the 90s. But as I walked through the front door on the table right there in the entry, there's a box that says exterior receipts, and then there's another box that says interior receipts. Uh, And then there was a structural engineer report sitting there that they had just had done. There was the receipts from the HVAC company that just came out and had everything serviced. And you kind of sit back and you go okay, I like this house. I haven't even looked at it yet, but these are great homeowners. This is exactly who I would want to buy a house from. Somebody that really maintains it. They can show all the paper trail of everything that's been done. It's not just some, we don't know person that's just doing everything. Um, So that would be the main like ultimate scenario for us to walk into. Um, Now we're going to focus on, or, or for sellers, I would say, you know, it's Texas. And so you know, having that roof checked out ahead of time and, and getting some paperwork on that, that you have had the roof looked at, maybe doing a roof tune up. Maybe even if the roof is, you know, five years old, six years old, it's not going to hurt to send a roofer up there and just kind of re-caulk some nail heads and kind of make sure the flashing is good around your, your chimneys and your your skylights and that sort of thing. Um And then having that HVAC serviced is is a big deal as well. It's just to know that it's being maintained because that's, you know, it's Texas, it's hot. And so people, that's going to be one of the first things they ask about.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's typically where we're, most inspections we look at, the AC is going to get flagged a lot. The roof is going to get flagged a lot. A lot of times if there's electrical deficiencies and things like that, what, what home sellers have to realize a lot of times is, You know, they've been living in this house or maybe this is the third or fourth house they've owned and they they understand what comes along with owning a home and and routine maintenance and things like that. But for a first time homebuyer or somebody that hasn't bought a house in the last 10, 12 years, a lot of times they can look at these things and obviously it's going to have a massive uh, dollar amount attached to it in their mind. And so it, it can get a little bit dicey when it comes to the negotiations as well. So anything that uh, can be done in order to uh, kind of hedge what may show up on an amendment coming in and asking for repairs is always uh, is always a great idea. So I think that was some spectacular advice. Um, one of the other things that pops up a lot of times on an inspection, too, is, you know, there's there's a difference between a code issue or something that's not up to code or something that's actually defective and that can be tough to sometimes navigate from a from a negotiation standpoint so um could you kind of walk through a little bit about how you might explain that to a home buyer or a home seller on uh, what to do and when, when a code item comes up on something that might still be working
1: yeah no great question i think uh, i'm so glad you asked that question because that is the the biggest problem that uh, happens is that the the dad is you know looking at the first time homebuyers reports and he's overlooking everything and he gets this big scary report and he's like you need to walk away from that house and, and the what they don't understand is that that the uncle or the dad that's following us around everywhere is that we have to go by today's current building code and standards and if the house was built in the seventies. Well, there's going to be a lot of stuff that doesn't meet that code, right? Um, we no longer use the word grandfathered. Uh, Texas Real Estate Commission took it out of their report. So that is something that we no longer say or do. But it's kind of like if it's, um, if we're going to say we really need to focus on it, um, if it's broken, if it's causing damage to the house, or if it's unsafe. Uh, right. If it's one of those three things, we need to be talking about it or are, are negotiating for it. So if it's obviously if it's broken, you know, we need it needs to be fixed uh, if it's causing damage to the property. So you have to kind of look at that from an insurance standpoint to say, well, if it's causing damage, we need to get on that. So it doesn't cause more damage. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then if it's a safety issue, that's just a clear given. You know, we want to keep people safe. That's that's the whole goal of the home inspector is to make sure that nothing bad ever happens to someone in that house and in a a perfect day we don't hear back from anybody because everything we did our job and everybody's paying attention to all the safety things so i I always break it down to those three kind of things if it's if it's broken if it's causing damage or if it's unsafe like those are the things that you need to be looking
0: at absolutely yeah that's there's a lot of listing agents and home sellers out there that are Very dismayed that they can't use the term grandfathered anymore officially, because that's one that gets thrown around a lot. You know, this is grandfathered in, or this, uh, you know, when the house was built, this is how it used to be, and and so that's just always going to be an issue that every seller and buyer is going to have to kind of find a way to navigate. Um, So just kind of talking about a little fun stuff. I gave you the go ahead before we we started to maybe get even a little PG thirteen on this one, but. Uh, what are some of the craziest things you've encountered on a home inspection? Um,
1: man, in the 15 years or so that I've been in in and out of houses, there's there's so many things to look back on. Um, I would say one of the, one of the sort of more like. Everybody always says, when you're under a house, aren't you afraid of dead bodies? And and you, they make that joke and you're like, nah, no, there's nothing really under there. It, it is what it is. But um, I was under a house in Dallas, old part of Dallas, and it was a pier and beam house. And, and I'm underneath and there um, the ladies across the street telling me that it's haunted and to not go into it. And I'm like, oh, whatever. It's in the middle of the daytime. I'm not scared. And but I'm under the house like I'm in the crawl space and there are six. Sort of freshly dug spots under the house where they were like human size, right. uh, and so I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not going there. We're not doing that. Um, I did call the authorities just to say, hey, this might sound like I'm crazy or whatever, but um, I just, I think somebody should look at this. This house has been vacant for a while, and it sort of gave me the eb-gb's. Um one of the funny stories I could tell you is that this was the lesson that I learned that in real estate, I don't care if you're an agent or, or whatever, if you're going into somebody else's house, you should always knock on the door and ring the doorbell. So I was in a hurry one time and I was going into the super key box and I rang the doorbell and I'm, I'm fidgeting with the box and put my code in and I opened the front door and the lady of the, of the home is just butt naked right in the middle of her living room going, ah, <laughs> Yeah. So I'm like, I'm so sorry. I rang your doorbell. She's like, Yeah, it's broken. And I was like, Well, there's my first deficiency.
0: <laughs> that is hysterical. Yeah. Uh I've had several myself. I I, I was joking around with you before. I, I mean, on my own personal house, the one I live in right now, we bought it. My wife and I bought this house. Gosh, hard to believe it's been ten years ago. And um And this was before you guys had made the move to austin or i probably would have used you but i was using an an inspector that used to be in the business back then and um like many buyers agents or buyers do i i showed up at the very end of the inspection and uh he had just come down from the attic the attic is located in the master bedroom closet which is how a lot of those houses were built it's a little bit of an older house and so uh, I said, well, you know, how did how did everything look? How did it go? And he's like, well, the house looks great. You know, no no major red flags. You may want to talk to somebody, though, because it is pretty evident that somebody has been growing marijuana up in the attic. And I was like, I thought 100% I thought he was kidding uh, because, it you know, this is in a pretty cookie-cutter residential neighborhood. There's no, like, reason to be concerned about it. And so he, he has me climb up there. And there were no plants up there, but there was, like, the... Kind of mylar sheeting there was lights and let's just say there were some leaves that had been left behind and kind of like you were saying you had to call the authorities just to get it checked out i hadn't even thought about that but my inspector was like you might want to you know make some calls because what you, you don't want to move into this house and this has like been a known house that that activity is going on and the next thing you know you're getting kind of roped into that so I'd have a, I had to have a very weird conversation with the listing agent because there were tenants and she was the property manager. Oh. And so I was like, man, I'm, I don't want to feel like I'm ratting out these tenants. Uh, but at the same time, I don't want, you know, I want them to come in there and clean this up so I don't get in any trouble. And she actually laughed about it. She thought it was hilarious. It is Austin, you know? So uh, they got it all, they got it all cleaned up and, and uh, it was fine, but. Uh, that one made me laugh because one of the craziest things that I've ever encountered was on my own house that I bought. So, so uh, never no done, moment.
1: yeah, we've, we've ran into the, um I personally have probably run into six different of that situation, like grow rooms, whether yeah. they were live, you know, in use at the time, or you could see all the outlets everywhere where they had a bunch of stuff plugged in. Um, I had it, one of my long time ago, there was a, my former instructor, he's passed away. Um, but he had a situation where the house that he inspected, um, the parents uh, were sent to jail and their kid was put into child protective services. Their, their newborn baby crawling around the house had been sick. Uh, and when they took the baby to the doctor, uh, it tested positive for methamphetamines. Oh. And, and, and instantly they flagged the parents and went through all this stuff and come to find out the previous people that lived in the house were, I guess, um, what do you call it? Cooking meth yeah. in the in the living room, and they had it spilled over into the concrete. And since the little baby was like learning how to crawl in the on the living room floor, even though there was new carpet there, the fumes and everything came out, and you know, did a, bad things to the the baby. And so the but the parents got are the ones that got put into you know so. Right. Being too safe about not calling people, you know, you should always call somebody just to make sure that you're letting the world know, Hey, this right. is a thing. But that's where I learned that a, um, uh, red Kool-Aid stain in concrete in a place could be where they were yeah. cooking stuff. Yeah. Like, breaking well, bad. Breaking Never bad a dull stuff.
0: moment. Never a dull moment in real estate. Um, Well, one of the other things that we were talking a little bit about before we before we hopped in is probably the transactions where a home inspection gets skipped the most is going to be new construction. And arguably that that might be where you need a home inspection the most or, you know, either at the very end or people should really consider doing phase inspections along the way. like most people know for the last several years, the real estate market has been insane. We've had labor shortages, supply chain problems. There has been a lot of uh, changes in the way homes are built and, um, and which means some of these homes may not be built as well as they used to be. Um, and so talk a little bit about new construction. Why is that so important? What are some things that you look at and what, what are some things that you do for new construction?
1: Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, as you said earlier, you were started in the business in 05 and I started in that, you know, 07, 08 period. And that's when the market crashed before and, and new construction at that time just was terrible because builders, they couldn't afford to finish houses. And so they were just doing whatever they could do to slap it together and just get it out there because they were already discounting it so much to get rid of it. They were, they were losing no matter what, um, I feel like this market that where the builders are being put in right now it's it's starting to head that same way where they've been kind of uh snobby and snooty with buyers about you know you you got to use our lender you got to use our title company you got and now they're they're starting to dump inventory and so you're starting to see they're going to start cutting corners and techniques and that kind of fun stuff but you know I will give it to builders that all of them, they mean to do a good job. They, they don't, it's not that they intentionally go out to, to screw somebody over or build a house poorly, um, but inevitably what happens is is that they're trying to build the volume of houses that they're building, and, and you have your, your A team and your B team and your C team right. in different developments, and you always have a new guy. You always have a new tradesperson in there, and that they might not know what they're doing. And so usually when we do new construction um Believe it or not, the the ones that blow my mind are always the first phase, and that's the before they pour the concrete um, to see the stuff that's been done with the, the plumbing pipes and the right. It's just terrible, and and you know if we didn't some of the things that we that we do like if we didn't do it, you would see that they just were about to fill the whole sewer system full of concrete because they have a busted pipe. And it's like, hello, <laughs> you, you yeah. got to fix this pipe before you even pour concrete or you're going to have to tear up everything and retrench everything. And so, you know, there's nothing worse than a house that's built poorly from the beginning because it's hard to go back and undo that from the that phase inspection standpoint. But usually there's one of the trades people's that um, it's, you know, the either the plumber or the framer or the roofer, um, you know. Most everybody does a decent job. It's just that there's one of those trades that's not gonna be so good. And um, down in Austin, we've got one of my inspectors, he's just killing all these builders with the windows and and windows are hard to get right now anyway, but you're not supposed to use air guns and shoot the nails into the window frame. You're supposed to hand hammer those in. So that way when, you know, the heat moves the windows and the bricks and stuff that it's got that natural settlement and that they're not there. Well, we're finding windows that they've just, you know, boom, 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 boom. They're shooting nails in and they're breaking all the little fins all around the window. So they're going to leak. I mean, those windows are just later on. They're just going to leak. But the builders are like, we'll just put some tape on it. You'll never see it. And we'll just keep on building. And, you know, nobody's going to know until it's, you know, eight years from now, ten years from now when these it's leaked enough that it's caused problems. And that's just always sort of the sad thing to see in new construction.
0: Yeah. And it also happens a lot of times backwards. So, you know, when you're when you're doing a resale purchase, the inspection is the first thing that happens. Everybody knows that. You know, you get under contract, you have your option period, the inspection is going to get scheduled almost immediately after. And that happens within the first couple of days. Uh, with new construction, you're under contract, the house probably isn't done yet. And then if you don't do the phase inspection, or let's say you're getting under contract with a Um, a house that's halfway done or is already almost built. A lot of times that inspection is happening right before closing and everybody's got a mad dash to the closing table. And then what ends up happening is you feel like you're under the gun and you got to maybe accept some things that you didn't want, or the builder may promise that they'll fix it later. Just let's close and then we'll come back and fix it later. And so it it can be a little more challenging because everything really happens in reverse. And so, um, I I think there's a ton of value in any transaction to have an inspection done. Um, And there's a lot of, like you said earlier, there's a lot of inherent value. If sellers are concerned about the condition of their house, they've lived in there 20 years or 15 years and they don't know what they don't know. Um, And a lot of times there's absolutely nothing malicious at all. They just have, they haven't gone up on the roof. They haven't been in their attic. They, they haven't opened up their electrical panel. And so there is some value in being able to get ahead of things. And then that makes a buyer feel a whole lot better too. Knowing, uh, like you said, there's a stack of receipts. It is clear that there was some um, some sophisticated home going on where they were taking care of the house. That makes buyers feel a whole lot better because what you don't wanna do is it's not great when you fall out of contract because of a bad inspection. And then the next buyer is either gonna come in with, with a red flag up, maybe they even don't pay as much um, they're on guard, so they're looking at their inspection even a little bit closer because they know the last buyer backed out. And so, if you can, if you can get through with the first buyer, get through that inspection process, have the buyer feeling really good about the house they're buying, it makes for a much, a much, much smoother uh, transaction. Um, so this was great. We've got about five or so minutes left, and we do have a couple questions. So I wanted uh, to roll through a couple questions. Um, Okay. So we, we have Kavan, which is one of our agents. He works in Dallas. So um, it looks like um, he, he would love to get some information on you for some education stuff for sure. So we'll make sure at the end of this, we share how everybody can contact you. And then he, he also wanted to know if you guys service Houston as well. I believe you said you are in Houston. Is that, is that right?
1: No, not Houston. I'm just uh, Central Texas and North Texas. I teach in Houston, but I do, we do not have offices and I have no desire to open up a home inspection company in Houston.
0: That's a big, it's a big area. <laughs> Dallas is a lot of work already, I'm sure.
1: Well, Houston has different bugs. They have, they have termites that eat 10 times as fast as the termites that we have in Central and North Texas. And so wow. I'm, I'm not, that's a whole different animal down there.
0: <laughs> I had no idea. I, I know right now, all over too, not just Houston. I know it's certainly prevalent in Houston. Um, we're in a pretty bad drought. Um, you know, the last drought I remember being this bad was, gosh, I think it was like 12 or 13 years ago, maybe even a little bit longer. And uh, what a lot of people don't realize is when you go this long without getting a sustained amount of rain, that's really can be tough on the foundation. If the um, if the soil makeup is, is changing or drying out, it, you know, it can cause gaps underneath the house and cause some foundation movement. So we are seeing more and more foundation issues happening right now, which again makes inspections even more important when you're buying or selling a house. So you know what, uh, you're working with. So I know that's a problem that's been going on quite a bit in Houston as well, but, um, yeah. So, um, let me see if we've got any other questions that are, uh, there may be some more that trickle in later and, and, um, Clayton, I just want to make sure everybody can know how to get a hold of you if they want to either book an inspection or if their a realtor who wants to connect with you about working with you. What is the best way for somebody to get a hold of you if they want to use your service?
1: Sure. So uh, I'm just going to give you the the Dallas number, uh, and that's 214-796-7707. Uh, 214-796-7707. Um, And then gshi.co is our mobile website. And if you go to there, you can uh, hop online and book online if you would like to. Uh, But if you call the office, you got a question for me personally, um, then that office number 214-796-7707 is the best number. Um, I will say just kind of going back to you were talking about foundations. So, you know, uh austin doesn't have a lot of foundation issues it depends on where you are once you get kind of get over there on the the east side you get into it a little bit but houston and dallas we do have that expansive soil and it's it's one of those things that people that move from out of town are moving you know they're not they're new to texas they just don't know that and then that is kind of a little story that you have to tell them to say hey we have expansive soil you're gonna see cracks you're gonna see seasonal movement, it's a typical thing to see. But as you said, with this drought, it makes it a little bit more extreme.
0: Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. In Austin, 35 seems to be kind of the running uh, boundary line for if you're on the west side of 35, you're in pretty good shape and the further west you go, you don't have to go very far to hit limestone underneath your house. And that makes for a pretty solid uh, base to build off of. But then you go east to 35 and you get a whole lot more clay and you get a lot more of like kind of a that sandy loam, and and again, if you're not doing things that are maintaining your foundation, um, if you haven't already had your foundation worked on, you're going to it at some point. Um, and then also when you get in, I mean, this is in every city, but you know some other big ticket items that you have to look out for. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but we've already surpassed any house that still has like cast iron in it is likely already reached the end of its lifespan and probably needs to be replaced so that's that's an issue in a lot of areas of of Austin and Central Texas and especially when you get foundation problems with a combination of some cast iron pipes underneath um you can be in for a, a little bit of a world of hurt on those kind of uh old houses
1: yep that's probably the most expensive problem to have in real estate is having to deal with the sewer lines underneath and that it's caused that foundation movement but Austin and uh, East Austin there's you run into, and you probably have seen it, but you run into Orangeburg, which is the original sewer pipe. that's just tar paper and sawdust like rolled up and it gets crushed or it doesn't, it just doesn't stay together and it's bad. And then, yes, we went into cast iron and and that's, you know, some tough stuff to deal with. You you get into um, having to do sewer tests. And so I would say for sellers out there, if you're suspicious, like you've got maybe something going on, some cracks inside your house, outside of a bathroom or a kitchen or something like that, might want to look at having your, a sewer test done just to make sure that everything is good. Cause that could be a big whammy that could come back in the middle of a contract and hit you. And that's one that you don't want to, uh, have to, it's no fun to dodge that one. Uh, yeah. cause it's, yeah. it's, it's, you got to deal with it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's hard to believe we're already up on 30 minutes. Uh, Clayton, I really appreciate you joining us. Um, That was a lot of fun. And uh, for anybody out there listening, uh, give Clayton a call, he's awesome. We've had the opportunity to work with him and his company many times over and uh, definitely somebody you can trust. And um, again, really appreciate you taking the time to join us today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron, I appreciate it. We'll have to circle back around and do it again.
0: All right, everybody, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for listening. Uh, we try to push one of these out every Wednesday at one o'clock. So uh, stay in touch. You can always reach out to us at listingspark.com. Uh, if you have any questions about this podcast or just real estate in general, uh, we love chatting with existing company uh, customers. Anybody who wants to talk shop about real estate, just reach out to us. And, uh, and if you missed how to get a hold of Clayton, reach out to us and we'll point you in the right direction as well. Uh, so thanks everybody again for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Real Estate Real Fast. If you're a homeowner or real estate investor, you should go check us out at ListingSpark.com. You can find tips for improving and selling your house, comparing properties, listing your home on the MLS, and even sign up for the live show of Real Estate Real Fast. We typically go live on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central. Go check us out at ListingSpark.com.